Harvey, we're ready, we're doing it again. We've done walking with a hat man. I'm in the walled garden today and um, it's been locked and access has been blocked for God, months now. But I love this place. And apparently it used to be um, uh, where they grew their own crops for the big house which isn't that big actually. But yeah, and uh, rumor has it that Jane Austen uh, would come here and read. There's no evidence of it. I think they just said it with a view to getting people to come along, but um, there we are. I'm in the wall garden, I can hear a police siren. Oh my God, anyway. So uh, penultimate one today of the uh, first season. I might go all over the place today um so yesterday was my birthday i was uh, 35 not um yeah 55 yesterday so god yeah i'm friggin old and it's quite a funny time really because funny in a weird way my mum passed 24 years ago she was cruelly and unexpectedly taken uh, so it was 24 years ago. I was a young man, 31. Had my whole life ahead of me. And, um, yeah, so whenever I get to my birthday, I remember when um, I was just turned 52. I realised then I was then older than my mum was when she passed. So I'm trying to make use of it all the days and all the weeks and all the moments, all the hours. And, um, yeah... So I had a funny relationship with, with my mum growing up. Uh, there were some lovely moments, and my God, there were some horrendous moments. And um, I was in the loft. I'm going to talk about the origins of where this, these recordings of a man and his dog and his hats came from. Um, I moved house uh, about seven years ago, and everything was in the attic, and... Um, I had reason to go up about four or five years ago and I was looking for something and I came across my mum's old notebook which had all the words of things that she found important things that resonated with her and they were little phrases quotes from movies and uh, yeah it was lovely I remember sitting down just reading those and thinking oh my god what would she make of this world with the internet <laughs> You know, with social media, TikTok, um, Instagram, friends, uh, no, friends for United's gone, Facebook, all, all that kind of stuff. You know, and then I was thinking, what would she be thinking about recording now? Would she have a journal? I don't know. I really don't know. When my mum passed, it was a huge shock to us all, and for me, I just couldn't get my head around it. I don't know why, but I always thought it would be my dad that passed first. Um, and it wasn't. And when she passed, and when she died, God, that knocked me to for six for at least ten years. And in that time, in that decade, oh my God, I made some terrible decisions. Some terrible actions, said some things, had some thoughts and... Yeah, just, I made a lot of wrong decisions then. See, the thing is, looking back now, I know I was struggling. 
And I was maybe too proud to seek help or seek guidance or solace from, you know, friends, family, uh, the church or whatever it was. Uh, I think maybe back then I just thought, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be feeling this way. And yeah, just get on with it. Pull your socks up and um, roll your sleeves and just get on with it. Come on, get on with it. But this led me to manage my grieving process dreadfully. I really didn't know where to go. Things are totally different now. There's more support for people. And talking about um, your feelings and emotions, it's okay. It's okay. And there's a lot of wonderful people providing wonderful support services for people who need them most. Think one, one, one of the great sadness about my mum going is she never met my son, Connor. <laughs> um, she died on my daughter's birthday, which is great. Um, and my daughter, Jade, she remembers the memory of mum, really. She didn't really get to know her. And my mum, well, she never got to know them. She never got to know, know what I was up to. She never heard about my, I call them successes for want of a better word, in the world of business. Um, so, when it comes to my birthday, always, I always think about her. And in between, you know, between birthdays, I talk, think about her, and I will talk about her again. But, oh my God, it's becoming less and less each year. You know, I've got too much stuff going on. Um... And when I do think of it, though, it's always the good stuff. And I have to really search my brain for the <laughs> for memories of the furious rows we had. Crikey, as a boy and a teenager, I was a little shit. Um, yeah, so maybe she was right then. <laughs> In her own way, though, you know, my mum wanted the best for us. Was she a good parent? Yes. Did she do it well? No. <laughs> her execution of her ambitions were flawed at times. She did things that were right in her mind. And you would be a brave person to challenge what she did. She was a strong character. So back in the loft, you know, I was reading some of her thoughts and realising that I couldn't remember the sound of her voice. I just knew some of the words. And a couple of things she said. Once she said to my dad, as he was trying to adjust my tie, I was 24, 25, she said, he's a man now, Mike. Let him be. And one of the things, you know, in my travels with, with work, I would go around to see my mum and I'd have a chat and tell her the world about this and about the other. And she said, the, the one problem with you, Michael, is you see life through rose-coloured spectacles. I looked at her with a big smile and said, Mum, I just love the view. It's such a better sight. <laughs> we would laugh. But that laughter I miss now. So the hat man came about as a selfish thing, really, for me. I, w I want to be part of my children's lives when I'm gone. You know, and if they want to hear my voice or hear my words of you know, contemplation, then, 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 they'll, then they can go to it. it Maybe like a time capsule or a message in a bottle. So it started, yeah? 
Um, and the first two or three, I think they were about eight to 12 minutes. And uh, one of my mates said to me, he said, Mike, they're just far too long. People aren't gonna watch this. So I changed it to three minutes. <coughs> and uh, in those three minute ones, I think there's about 30 or 40 of them. It tends to have a really, really bad dad joke at the end. But there's always a, a message in there for them. So yeah, that's how the hat man came about. Just from sitting in the loft one, more, one afternoon. And it's coming across my mum's words. So, you know, on whatever platform my meanderings of my ramblings will be, as and when the kids want them, they can look at it. Maybe, you know, don't tell anyone, but I've gone back to some of them, actually. Because whilst I record them, I'm not actually, you know, I'm a participant, but I'm not a listener. So I've gone back a couple of times, and my God, health warning, some of the jokes are horrendous. But some of the messages, I'm like, oh yeah, 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 that makes sense. So that works for me. Now, uh, one of the things, obviously, if I wanted to hear my mum's voice, I, I could go to see a psychic, a medium. But my mum had a huge problem with these. And she told me, quite clearly, if I ever go to see a psychic to talk to her, she'll know. And she said she would give me hell and haunt me for the rest of my life. Do not go to see a psychic or a medium. You will not be happy. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to think about her, her logic there. It seemed a bit flawed. It, it's not real, it's a load of rubbish. But if you do, I'll give you hell. <laughs> so, yeah. But when she did pass, you know, I've had a few conversations with her. And one of them was when Frank Sinatra died. That was her big heartthrob. And I stopped the car on the M4 on the way to Swindon. Pulled over the service station and uh, got out, had a smoke. Looked up and said to my mum, I said, oh, someone special's coming to see you now. So I wonder about her, what she's up to now in her life, if there is one. Is she talking to Frank? <laughs> is he singing for her? And if not, when I get there, I'm going to give him a bit of a mouthful and say, oi. Yeah, so, yeah. And the other time is, I don't know if you've seen this post, there's a picture that pops up on social media, it's a bench, and it says something about, if you could sit here with anyone you know, or knew, for one hour, who would it be? And I've always said my mum, and I'd like to talk, talk with her about, about her life that's gone, you know, what, what she wanted, what she desired, what made her happy, what kept her awake at night if it wasn't the kids? What's she doing now? What would she ask me to do? What would she tell the kids? Yeah, so for me, that would be a, that'd be a nice chat. But now, of course, on that bench, you know, when I first saw it, I was thinking one person, because it said, who would it be? Well, now, no, 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 I'm going to have a massive bench. I'm going to have loads of people on there. Of course, I'm going to have my children. I'm going to have my family on there. And my family, uh, a wise girl once said to me, your, your blood is not your family. Oh, that's amazing. Because some of the blood in my family, oh God, yeah, well, I, anyway. But my friends and neighbours and stuff, yeah, they're, they're my family, I'd have them. I'd have them there. 
with my children when they were growing up. So in the religious family, of course, we had a thing called um, uh, confession and communion. And confession, you go once a week to confess all your sins, and then they would give you uh, uh, forgiveness if you were really, truly, genuinely sorry. You were absolved of your sins. But of course, it was your sins, it was bad, and it's all doom and gloom. For my children, you know, I've told them for themselves, don't be too hard on yourselves. You know, live your life, live it how you want to live it. You know, if you've got a moral compass, you know, change it sometimes if you need to. But just do what's right for you and do what you enjoy. And if things don't work out, don't be too hard on yourself. And no matter what they do, I've told them, under my watch, there'll be no need for me, for me to forgive them because I'm their dad. <laughs> and I'll be there, come what may. And they know that I've walked a tightrope. And uh, I didn't realise that I was on a tightrope through my life at times. And more importantly, I didn't realise when I'd fallen off it, I'd actually fallen off it. It bloody hurt. <laughs> but my family and my friends, they've got me back together. And my dog Harvey, of course. But it did take me a long while to get back to a degree of normality. Yeah, which was about putting my rose-coloured spectacles on and helping people maybe see greater things that are right in front of them. I think that's my, the thing I'm good at, helping people see the good. Because I can see the good and the bad really quickly in people. But I tend to focus on the good. Well, some were struggling for his GCSEs. Um, I was 15, 16, and... Uh, we are having a tough time. Oh, the link, by the way, is the bench. And his mum had told me that he seemed a bit out of it, a bit lost. So we've gone down to the um, down to the beachfront. And we're walking along, and there's a bench. We sit down. I say, right, mate, what's going on? How are you? He says, oh yeah, 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 fine, normal, normal teenage stuff. And I said, okay. So how's school going? And he's quiet. Didn't say anything for ages. My God. And the thing is, when you talk to somebody and ask them a question, if they don't answer you. They are having a conversation. They are talking to themselves. So I just waited. I didn't want to interrupt that conversation because that would be rude. And he just said the exams, it's all gone beyond him. Time's running out. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He's going to fail all the exams, etc. And I asked him, you know, how did he feel about it? What were the options? What's he tried? What hasn't he tried? What would he like to happen? And I said to him, okay, right, how can I help? And he looks at me and said, you? How, what do you mean, how can you help? I said, look, I can help. Of all the subjects, which are the ones you need most help on? And he said, history. And I said, okay then, well, how can I help? He looked at me, he said, dad, he said, what do you know about the French Revolution? I said, jack shit, <laughs> but I'll learn it, and I'll learn it quickly. And he went, what? I said, Connor, my job is I'll go to a business that I know nothing about. I've been told I've got a contract and then I research everything. I make copious notes, I make phone calls, I go into premises if, if they're on the high street just to find out what it's really like. So when I walk in, I'm fully informed of all the key things so that I can hit the floor running. I said, so with history, because they're, uh, they're facts, a series of facts, I can learn that because there's no emotions about trying to change it, how to improve it. I can learn facts, so 
I, I, I can help you and I guarantee it'll work. And he went, all right, well, when? I said, let's do it now. He said, what? I said, right, all we need is some books. We've got a bench, let us begin. So we went home, we got the bench, uh, the books. We went into this cafe, we sat down, books out on the table and we went through the French Revolution. Now, the thing is, Connor put a lot of um, weight on his own shoulders and he was probably on a tightrope at that time. You know, and the thing on a tightrope, you know, God, stand still, but keep moving, it's easier. Um, and knowing, well, in my view, I figured if I was trying to learn it with him um, at my pace, it wouldn't really work. So I thought, oh, because it wouldn't really work, if it didn't work for me, he, he's then going to start getting frustrated. So what I chose to do is to go into the detail, the minutiae, the French Revolution. So when he said about this person uh, and the, uh, did this and done the other, I came up, well, why did he do it? Who was he? Was he married? Did he have a family? Where did he come from? Was he French? Was he Corsican? Um, how old was he? And every time a character came up or a date, I was asking about the weather because people were getting hungry in the wars and the battle. And he's looking at me, I said, I'm trying to get the big picture. He said, and eventually got it without knowing it. He said, you don't need to know that. It's irrelevant. It's not important. So I carried on. And then he said, we haven't got time. We've got to learn all of this. We've got to do that. I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, but what about? And then he was saying, no, we'll do this. So he then took control and ownership of it. So. Yeah, I was proud of that moment. He doesn't know it. If you listen to this, he'll realise. <laughs> yeah, so... I suppose that was a bench moment with me and Connor, and uh, I look forward to more bench moments with both him and Jade, yeah? So, about you, you know, wisdom walking. Next time you're out and about, go and look for a bench. Go and look for a bench. And... Just sit on it, not a metaphorical one, a real one. Just sit on it, and I wonder how long you can sit there without maybe your phone on. Maybe read a book. Maybe just sit there with your thoughts. And why should they, if you, if you can, you know? I wonder who from your past would you like to have sitting there with you? Maybe somebody has passed away. Maybe somebody now. Maybe somebody close to you. Maybe the person you love the most. Maybe you just like to talk with a younger version of yourself on the bench, or an older version. But with a bench, for me and the dog, you know, we're in the walled garden, there is a bench here, and I have got my rose-coloured spectacles on. Ouch, there they are. Poke myself in the eye. Find your people, find your bench, sit there, and take that time. Have a good old natter. Maybe they're on a tightrope. Maybe you can be there just to cheer them on or to catch them if they fall. Maybe you want to go on the tightrope with them because, well, hey, it could be an exciting moment for them. Yeah, okay, so coming to the end of this one. But uh, maybe those people who could come and sit on the bench with you, maybe they have different views about their world and maybe yours. And maybe they'll be wearing rose-coloured spectacles. And maybe you could wear them together. And maybe take turns. So thanks for that. We're in the uh, walled garden in uh, one of the parks here. 
in North Hampshire. Harvey and I, hopefully we picked you up. Apologies for the uh, ramblings and we went all over the place, but essentially it's about a bench. Find the bench, find who you want to talk to, you know, and if it's doom and gloom, it's tough times, however you do it, take those, take those glasses off and put on some rose colored ones. And here in the garden, you know, I'm going to smell the roses, but I can't see any, so I'm going to have to smell some of the other plants. Thanks for listening, everyone. Ham and out.